Hello and welcome to the Unreported World podcast. I'm Krishnan Gurumurthy. 80% of all meat eaten in Cameroon is bushmeat. And in this week's Unreported World, Evan Williams and director James Brabazon travel to Cameroon's rainforest. Here they investigate fears that the practice of hunting and eating bushmeat could trigger a new global pandemic of viruses. They seek to understand how the trade works and meet a British woman battling it and looking after the animals such as gorillas and chimpanzees who've been orphaned by the slaughter. In the back streets of Cameroon's capital, Yaoundé, there are markets where you can buy just about any wild animal to eat. As outsiders, we'd be attacked if we tried to film here, so a local journalist smuggled in a secret camera. Hundreds of species were on sale, anteaters, porcupines, snakes and monkeys. It's called bushmeat, and for the right price, you can even buy the closest animals to man, chimpanzees and gorillas. If I place an order, can you get that for me? Either the arm of a chimpanzee or of a gorilla. Yes, just give me your telephone number. We're here to find out why these apes are being killed for their meat and to investigate the potentially catastrophic consequences of this illegal trade. 80% of meat eaten in Cameroon is hunted in its vast rainforest and gorillas and chimpanzees are a favoured dish. We're now heading to a place just outside the capital where we're told the baby chimps and gorillas who survive the bushmeat trade are given sanctuary. UK charity Ape Action Africa runs a sanctuary for rescued apes and monkeys. Among them are these critically endangered western lowland gorillas. Rachel Hogan runs the sanctuary. She came here from Birmingham 11 years ago. Which one is which? Every few weeks she receives a call about another orphaned ape. The two most recent arrivals were 18-month-old Chickaboo and Lucy. Her mother had been killed by hunters and it took a long time to get her nice and secure. I mean, now she's, she's bonded with Jeanne now. And Jeanne's the, the carer of the mm. two. Jeanne Mavondo was nursing the two babies. They both had severe diarrhoea. She had to tend to them 24 hours a day. <laughs> You've got your hands full here. How many days have you been locked in this room <laughs> with these two gorillas? Six. Six days. Mm, six days. Wow. So they finished the antibiotic tonight. Jeanne said gorillas are extremely sensitive. Seeing their parents killed can cause severe emotional trauma. In this vulnerable state, they can be rejected by adult gorillas, so they need a human to act as a surrogate mother. Gorillas are very emotionally fragile, so it's really important to create that bond. If the gorillas haven't got that trust in you, what normally happens is they just give up, they just shut down. So they actually just give up the will to live. That seems to be such a human uh, response 
Yes, I, and, and they grieve when, I mean, when Chickaboo came in, she would sit and she would cry and she would call out for her mother. Um, they laugh, they play, they show all the, the same emotions. Amazing. Hello, I've got a kiss. Didn't you? Didn't you? The sanctuary is now full, and without more funding, they will find it hard to take care of more orphans. Always with smile. In the enclosure outside were the sanctuary's teenage and adult gorillas. They too had all been rescued as babies. When Shufa arrived, she was around a year old and he had terrible gunshot wounds to his arm and his face and he'd been kept in a village tied to a bed and eventually saw that I wasn't a threat. So then we were able to give him medication. These gorillas are all survivors of the illegal side of Cameroon's huge bushmeat trade. So the hunters are going in to kill them predominantly for meat. And what happens is the orphans are too little to be sold into the meat trade. So they keep the orphans alive and try and sell them into the pet trade. For every rescued baby, up to ten gorillas are slaughtered in the forest. This is the first time I've ever been this close to gorillas, and I've got to say, it's absolutely incredible. What I didn't fully appreciate was how curious they are. They really look at you, they check you out, they study you, they were looking at your camera equipment and checking that out as well. They really are amazing. The rescued apes come from the Jar Reserve, 200 kilometres southeast of the sanctuary. The Jar is part of the second largest rainforest in the world, stretching from Cameroon across much of Central Africa. As we travelled through the forest, it was common to see people with bushmeat. Why do you eat monkey? Why not some other meat? If you find it, you eat it. Whatever you find, you eat. It's like that here. We reach the edge of the reserve. The people who live here are subsistence farmers. To survive, they rely on what they can grow and kill. Bushmeat is a cheap and vital source of protein. In Somalomo village, we found grandmother Mama Rose cooking lunch for her eight children. She was roasting a white-nosed monkey she'd bought from the local market. Monkey is good compared to with bushmeat. It has a different taste. Monkey is very good. How often do you get a monkey like this? Twice. Twice a week. Twice a week, OK. This species of monkey is not endangered, but Mama Rose said there were protected primates that were more desirable to eat, and if you had the money, just as easy to buy. Mama Rose, do you ever get uh, chimpanzee and gorilla meat here in the market? Yes. Even chimpanzees, even monkeys, even gorillas. How often would you eat chimp or gorilla? It's a surprise that I
I never know when I'll find it, but when I find it, I buy it. Eating gorilla and chimp meat is illegal, but it's considered the most succulent and tasty of all bushmeat. We wanted to find out what was being done to protect the gorillas of the Jar Reserve. State Game Wardens Louis Mabomo and Ferdinand Mangtan wanted to show us one of the reasons why wildlife poachers were winning. We're on the eastern edge of the Dujar Reserve and we're just passing this constant stream of logging trucks. Now we're told that most of these logs come from legal logging concessions, but clearly the destruction to the habitat is vast. They told us the logging companies were creating what the wardens called a poacher's freeway. Logging companies make tracks like this, but after they leave, they're supposed to destroy the bridges, which they haven't done, and this leaves the way open for poachers. This route cuts deep into the heart of previously inaccessible forest. There are no villages at the end of this road, and the wardens suspect anyone using it. No, I wasn't in the forest. I don't have anything. Lewis said there was a network of poachers scouring the forest for apes. He insists he's innocent and he was just catching fish. Lewis told me a growing number of bushmeat traders are coming from the cities to buy ape meat. When these traders come to buy, for example, a chimpanzee, they don't buy a whole chimpanzee, they buy it cut up, in pieces, the hand or the foot, they make up a parcel and take that. How much for the chimpanzee? Perhaps 2,500, 3,000, 4,000 for one piece. They will pay something like four to six euros for each cut of a chimpanzee. That's an arm or a leg or a piece of the body. The whole chimpanzee, a normal sized male uh, adult, would cost about 25 to 30 euros. The United Nations has designated the Jar Reserve as a World Heritage Site to protect the habitat of five endangered species, including the great apes. But Lewis is one of only 60 wardens covering 2,000 square miles. The amount of staff covering the Jar Reserve is pathetic, so pathetic. We need more staff. With more staff, we could cover all the entry points and lock down all the exits and prevent the poachers from getting away. Lewis is not going to get help anytime soon. He told me the Cameroon government doesn't have the resources to protect the apes, and vital EU funding ran out two years ago. No one knows if it will ever resume. Since then, the level of poaching has exploded. We were told there were hundreds of poachers operating throughout the southeast. To meet one of them, we travelled to a town in the middle of the rainforest. This is the remote outpost of Yokoduma, a major bushmeat centre. A local journalist working with us secretly filmed in one of the bars known to be used by poachers. 
One dealer he met said a gorilla had just been killed and that it had a baby. So the mother and the child, he put them in a bag, he put them on his motorcycle, they took the baby away. It was attached to its mother's back, it was screaming when they took it away. The baby was screaming and screaming, so they killed it and ate it. The man told our contact that he knew a poacher who was willing to explain why he hunted gorillas. The next day, he led us to a secret meeting. We're going to a place outside the town of Yokodoma here, uh, to a safe location. Uh, we can't film it openly. They're very nervous and we have to be very careful that we're not followed by anybody who might arrest him. Hunting, eating or possessing the parts of a great ape can lead to three years in jail or a £10,000 fine. Twenty-seven-year-old Frankie had been hunting all his life. This is the arm of a gorilla. I killed it three weeks ago. I shoot, I slaughter, I sell to survive. Sometimes I find three a month, sometimes one a month, sometimes none. The gorilla arm had been frozen to sell later. Frankie said it was easy for a single hunter to shoot an entire family of gorillas. They're often found together in one tree and they have to come down the tree to escape. Frankie, who do you sell the gorilla meat to? Women place an order with me. They pay me and then resell it. It's exactly like that. The women will then sell the body parts in the local markets or supply people from the cities. Frankie, this is a Class A protected animal. It's highly endangered. It's illegal for you to hunt this. Why do you do it? We don't kill because we want to kill. It's only when someone places an order for a gorilla or a chimpanzee I go to the forest and kill one. I get paid when I deliver it. How much do you make for one gorilla? 50,000, 60,000. He's saying that I make about 50 pounds per full gorilla. Now that's a lot of money here. I've killed seven chimpanzees and lots of gorillas. I've lost track of how many gorillas. It's difficult to find them now. There used to be lots of them, now they've disappeared. Suddenly through the forest we heard angry voices. Can we put that away? I have to go. Okay, so we've been told now we've got to leave because there's some guys hanging around here. We're not sure who they are. Frankie told us the men from his village were unhappy that he had spoken to outsiders about ape hunting. Many of them were poachers too. He told us to stop filming and leave immediately. Back at the Jar Reserve, we had left a camera with the state game wardens. They'd intercepted a bus loaded with commercial quantities of dead animals. It was a rare success for this under-resourced unit and revealed the true scale of this illicit trade. The next morning, we went to examine the seized contraband. They wanted to show us one particular find. 
A sack full of smoked gorilla parts. Ici, c'est une partie de un morceau de la main, dont la main quelque part ici. Here is a piece of hand. Yes, the forearm. Here is the foot, the thigh, a piece of thigh. What type of people buy gorilla meat? Everyone. There is no distinction. The rich man, the forest dweller, everyone. Whoever has the money buys it. With barely any government funding, wardens often pay for these operations out of their own poultry salaries. They say the future for the apes in the jar is bleak. If the reserve continues to get no financial support, in five years there will be no more gorillas. The gorillas will disappear. Experts warn gorillas could disappear from Cameroon entirely within a generation. The only people legally allowed to hunt inside the Jar Reserve are the indigenous Baka, also called pygmy people. To survive, they're allowed to eat non-endangered animals, and they have a reputation for being the best bushmeat hunters. Antoine is a Baka leader. He said every week, four or five dealers from across the country come to the village looking to buy all kinds of bushmeat that they can then sell in the cities. Mm -hmm. They will hire people in this area to go and hunt for them, and included in that demand is the meat of gorillas and chimpanzees and even ivory from elephants that are in this forest. Felix told me the Baka didn't want to break the law, Hunting is the only way they can make money. He said poaching was having a devastating effect on the ape population. How has the number of gorillas and chimpanzees in this reserve changed over the years? Well, gorillas, chimpanzees are diminishing because we hunt them a lot, we kill them a lot. They insisted they no longer hunt gorillas to feed themselves. But as we talked, they revealed something very alarming. One village that did eat a dead gorilla suffered horrific consequences. Our brothers in Bakaglion died. They were hunting in the bush and found the body of a gorilla. As soon as they ate it, they got diarrhoea. They all died. Almost the entire village died. Ten men and 15 women and children all died. There was only one survivor, and that person didn't eat the meat. This wasn't an isolated incident. We learned of many similar episodes across the region where people had died from diseases carried by apes. To find out why humans are dying, we return to the ape sanctuary. Babila Tafon is the chief vet. People are eating gorillas, they're eating chimps. What are the medical dangers they could be facing? There's a lot of disease that is being shared. There's a lot of disease that's being shared between them and humans. To eat the chimps, you need to butcher them, so you're in direct contact with the body fluids, blood samples and other body tissues, which are potential dangers. 
Because these people, they don't know about putting on gloves before butchering. They don't have any notion of protection. Humans are genetically closer to apes than any other animal, so it's easy for viruses to make the leap to man. Many virologists believe that HIV originated in primates in Cameroon. Apes can carry other diseases deadly to humans, like anthrax, yellow fever and Ebola. Babila screens the blood of all apes arriving at the sanctuary and is now finding a new virus. We had a lot of cases of a new virus. We've had a lot of cases of a new virus, the simian foamy virus. We've had a lot of cases that came up positive for that. Simian foamy virus is similar to HIV and has recently been found to have leapt from apes to humans. One series of tests showed that around a quarter of people butchering primates in southeast Cameroon may be infected, with as yet unknown consequences. To find out why new viruses are emerging now, we return to the capital. The renowned Pasteur Centre specialises in virus detection. Its Yaoundé director, Professor Dominique Baudon, worries the bushmeat trade is a major gateway for animal viruses to enter humans. He believes Cameroon is a key front line in the battle to contain new infectious diseases worldwide. By degrading the forests, man has come into contact with what we call the virus reservoir, whereas before he never went there. So suddenly, this virus that was in the forest has come out and contaminated man. The deeper poachers go into the forest, the more primate is consumed, the more exposed everyone is to new unknown viruses. Once these viruses get into humans, they can mutate into aggressive killers and cause global epidemics. On peut affirmer qu'il y aura de nouveaux virus qui vont apparaître, ça c'est sûr. We can affirm that new viruses will appear. It's a certainty. I'm not wrong about that. Now, will that be in one year, in five years, ten years, twenty years? But new viruses will appear, such as HIV, SARS, the new flu viruses. There will be new viruses. Three quarters of all emerging viruses in humans come from animals. And while humans keep eating monkeys and apes, we dramatically increase the chances of unleashing a new global pandemic. At the quarantine enclosure, at least one infection had been contained. Chickaboo and Lucy had been successfully treated and could now be released into the enclosure. So we've come back to the ape sanctuary to see how the two little baby gorillas were getting on, the two that were, that were ill when we were here last time. And this is one of them, obviously almost fully recovered. By the way, it is clambering away from me. I've got to say, they are absolutely incredible. It's like having a little child crawl all over you. But it's unlikely they'll ever return to the forest. Cameroon is just too dangerous for babies like Chickaboo and Lucy to grow up in the wild. Unless people stop hunting great apes, we not only risk wiping them out, we gravely endanger ourselves as well. Our thanks to Evan Williams and James Brabazon. If you want to find out more, you can go to the website, channel4.com forward slash unreported world. 
Next week, Peter Oborn reports from Libya. Until then, from me, Krishnan Guru Murthy, goodbye. <laughs>